Heads and Curds with Carmen and Leanne, bringing you conversations with farmhouse cheesemakers and small dairy producers. Blocky! Vanilla! Vanilla! Back for a summer special in January on Sundays at 8.30am. On your favourite station, 3CR. Welcome to Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne. We're back for a summer series on 3CR with five programs over January. And the first program is with Carmen. Hello, Carmen. Hi, Lee. Nice <laughs> to talk to you. Yes, it's great to talk to you. So you've got some exciting news. You've moved to France, as in permanently, and uh, you're actually stuck there, I believe, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I, I do feel a little bit stuck here. But, um, <laughs> well, coronavirus confinement has given me the time to focus on my new project a new farming project. Yes, so that's what we're excited to hear about. So you've um, started a, a farm with goats and uh, what made motivated you to do that? And part of me thinks it was inevitable. Eventually um, starting a goat farm would happen one day. And I think um, the transient life of, you know, between Australia, between Switzerland and France was actually just a little bit too hectic moving between three countries every year in lots of ways it was really exciting to to be on the move all the time but it also doesn't give you much of an opportunity to make a garden to really know an area to really um socialize well with the community so I think it was just time for us to make a decision to stay in one country or another philosophically and for us it wasn't a great lifestyle to be taking a plane every year back and forth from Australia so yes that's really what motivated us in lots of ways. Can you describe then how you came across the farm that you have and why you chose it what 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 works for you about the farm and what the landscape's like and um, the environment? Um, yeah so before our last alpage in Switzerland we saw this property it was it's 400 metres from our previous house. It was sort of still in town in Arbois, um, which is a town of 3,500 people. So it's a small town and where our property is just on the outskirts of the town. But, you know, I have lots of neighbours around me. It's quite close to town. However, my property communicates with a very large forest and sort of private lands and um, communal lands or on our back border of our property. It's only two small surface, so two hectares of land with lots of fruit trees. It's an undulating property, so it's divided into three um, tiers of property that um, from probably yeah, 200 metres up to 450 metres altitude, um, divided into three parcels, um, three terraced parcels. And then with the, the house and the stable on the first terrace and then two terraces, above we've got goats in january we started with two goats um in january this year and we moved here two two months ago so prior to that i was you know coming several times a day to this property to to check in with the goats to feed the goats or to milk the goats how did you come to get the goats um so it's a, a friend of a friend who has an organic goat farm about 20 kilometers from 
um, our town. And we, I wanted goats that were CAE free. So CAE is a goat disease that, that affects the immune system. That it's not a disease I've worked with in the past. It's not a disease that most goat herds in France have. I think the figures are between 95 and 98% of goat herds in, goat herds in France have this disease yeah. so it's eradicated in switzerland so during my time on alpage i've never worked with the disease and also my time at holy goat in australia um holy goat don't have this disease either so i didn't have an understanding of the disease and even if it was very prominent in france i didn't want to work with this disease in the future which may not necessarily express itself in your herd or in your animals but as soon as there's perhaps the stress or you know around kidding or change a change for the goat then you know that's when the disease can express itself so yeah I'm still not convinced it was a good idea because I think in choosing a herd that was CAE free meant that it didn't necessarily have a the rusty city that I would be searching in a herd. But anyway, that's another story. Um, so, yes, so there's a goat farm 20 kilometres from um, my property, a friend of a friend, and I was able to buy a couple of goats from her. And then six months later I bought another couple of goats from her, so four adult goats. And in the meantime, from another producer, I bought 10 goatlings. So goats, um, they were four months old when I bought them and the same thing I was looking for um, a herd of animals looking to buy animals that were CAE free yeah most um, it's a really common practice for goatlings to spend the first year of their life in stable and really that's just to protect them to develop their um, to maintain a good development of the animal and growth of the animal and to protect them from a high parasite load and do you have a good stable for them um, I've got a good stable. It's an evolving stable. So as the herd's sort of grown, we've sort of improved the stable and certainly, and we're still improving the stable now. So it's, it's winter here now. Um, it's nearly winter. Um, today it's 15 degrees, but two weeks ago it was minus three. Mm. So, and with a little bit of snow, but with frosts every morning for, for a week or 10 days nearly. So the stable we're um, always improving. We're the stable is about 80 square metres. Um, the goats can, at the moment, they're divided into two herds, the young goatlings and the four adults. And occasionally they go out grazing together. If it's not too cold, we might go out grazing in the afternoon. There's a paddock of, of blackberries next to us and it's a good uh, way of managing their parasites. When they're in the stable, they're divided into adults and, and young. You're tuned to 3CR 855 on your end dial. If you just tuned in to 3CR, why would you stay listening? With feeding them, like, are they mainly fed through grazing, or do you have to feed them any other food? So, my I guess my grazing plan is, and my food plan is always evolving and is um is in a phase of development. This past year, the goats have had access to hay all year round, 
However, in the warmer months that they go out grazing all day and then come in for the nighttime, I'm obliged to put, bring them back in in the evening because in the forest above our property, there's um, a wild animal called a lynx. So it's a yeah. large uh, feline. Yeah. And so there's a risk that, that that animal will kill my goats. So unfortunately, I have to lock them in at nighttime and, you know, maybe in the future I'll contemplate how to manage that differently, whether that would be with a, with a dog that lives with the herd that will protect the herd. I don't really want to do that, but it might be an option. With the grazing, like you have to take them further than the property, uh, the amount of land that you have. So talk us through that. Um, so I have so I have two hectares um, around me. Then we have some a couple of other small parcels that I can walk to with the goats um, crossing the forest, and we haven't grazed on those lands at the moment. And then I have another borrowed property which is fifty more well, no, one hundred fifty meters from me. However, I have to cross a road, and kind of it's you know has lots of neighbors. So um, and so do the goats just follow along behind you? They, I'm in front, they follow, and I also have a, a working dog, um, a young working dog, so he still needs to do quite a, his in training, in obedience training and in um, goat herding training. So he's called Smokey, and he's a working dog. Um, What's his breed? His breed is called Berger de Croix, and Croix is a region in the south of France, and so his, his breed is accustomed to working on alpage, working with big um, herds of sheep and goats that, you know, cover lots of territory. And so he's very he's physically very able to, to walk kilometres and kilometres, so he's inexhaustible. Mm. He's a breed that is accustomed to working with goats who don't typically like um, dogs. He's got a strong character. And which makes him very hard to train because actually is, we've got a bit of role reversal going on where he believes that he might be the boss and that I might not be. I bet you don't like that. No. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> boss. But actually when I first got him, when we'd go out walking with the goats, he'd be in the front and I'd be behind pushing the goats to the direction that we wanted to go when in reality it's his role to, to keep the goats in line behind and can keep them moving. But um, he's improving all the time. He's young. He's only 18 months and um, we've done a little bit of training. There's an organisation here that helps some um, farmers to train their working dogs. So we've done a little bit of training with him. And, and naturally his, his instinct is to herd, herd the, the goats. So that's great. He's very ambitious about his work. So it's, you know, it's just yeah. about him working only when I want him to work. When in, in fact, he often works when he has not been asked. <laughs> but doing, he's doing too much <laughs> he's right he has, he's he's a workaholic <laughs> settle down but, yeah no but he's um I mean he's an important part of my grazing plan because my farming situation can only work if I can graze in other parts of the farm that that don't belong to us so in the parts of in the landscape that communicates with our land so that I can go up into the forest and um and is other- that is that something that, that is allowed, um, like you don't, do you need any permission? You know how in Australia we probably wouldn't be allowed to do anything, but um, other than on your own land, um, mm. do, yeah, do you need council permission to graze so in the forest? So there's two parts because part of the, the landscape that I'd like to graze on is privately owned, so very small 
individual parcels. So what I will need to do is I'll, next year when we really start to um, move around a lot with the goats is that next year we'll need to come contact the, the council and actually ask them to provide us with a list of all the properties that um, exist in this area that I want to graze. And the other part is that there's also common land. So there, there shouldn't be any problem with the common land. I have been in contact with the, the local mayor and he's given permission for me to graze. Yeah. However, actually it was his final year of being the mayor. So he's just like, yes, absolutely. If you do that before 2020, you can graze wherever you want. I think, um, and I've recently heard he said lots, yes to lots of projects in his final year as the mayor. <laughs> anyway, it's a different mayor, yes, which mm. um, um, there shouldn't be any problem. It's a ungrazed land. It's sort of all overgrown. Previously, there's you know, there has been sheep grazing in this area. You, you can see sort of abandoned um, fencing. And, and the other aspect is that people have also approached us to say, oh, I've got this block of land you can graze. So um, there's, and really all around us, there's blocks of land that are just unkept. And um, a a small herd of goats would be really useful in in improving the landscape and actually enabling people to use that landscape in the future for their own needs or for They'll probably be excited to see you walking down the street with your little goats behind you <laughs> uh, people are excited so when I take um so I don't take the adults but I take the goatlings um across the road it's quite a busy road it's the road between Arbois and Perpignan but there's a pedestrian crossing so we cross at the pedestrian crossing <laughs> and we have to pass a um a playground and a a, a public park and then they can go into the field and oh, so great. the field is also at it's it's essentially at a at a basketball court, at a bus stop, and a kids park. And so every day, at, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning, at midday, at two o'clock, and then at four o'clock in the afternoon, the kids are getting on and off the bus, and you know they're all hanging around the the field, loving the goats. So yeah, it is a little bit of animation <laughs> um, cool. for the neighbouring properties and. Well, I hope hopefully it stays that way because otherwise it could get really complicated. But really, I don't know how realistic it is to cross a road with a, a small herd of goats. I mean, it's not where this happens in the country, of course, but it, it is a town. We're 500 metres from the centre of town. So, yeah, we'll have to work hard at maintaining that <laughs> relationship, I think. Well, we should go to a track and come back and talk about your cheese. But let's get led into the cheese discussion with a track by a friend of ours, Kerry Gilmartin, who's made us a track called Fresh Cheese. Yeah.
are listening to Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne on 3CR and we're talking with Carmen about her project which is a farming project in France in a bois. She's living there now and has goats. What kind of cheeses are you making? I'm making uh, lactic goat's cheese, so a, a 24-hour fermentation. Um, I've been making cheese since March and I'm in this week making my last batch of cheese. Essentially now I'm only milking one, one goat. So I'm making cheese every second day. So from October to now I've been milking four goats, but essentially three have dried off and now I'm milking just one goat, which is essentially not enough to make um, cheese, but I'm making three cheeses every second day. Uh, with my two goats, I was making six litres of milk into fresh cheese, mainly for our consumption, for our friends' consumption. But even with two goats, you're making way too much cheese for your own consumption. So giving lots of cheese away, eventually people started insisting that they pay for their cheese. So this year I have essentially been selling cheese as well. But the production is in my kitchen and now we're starting to um, work on our cheese room. What's your cheese room going to look like? Well, it's very small. It's um, 20 square metres, but it's a small production. Next, next year um, I'll be milking 15 goats and for the time being I'll stay at milking 15 goats until we can really have a clear picture of as to how much um, land we can access, um, you know, that's not our land. You know, we have to think about hay, cutting hay. I have to think about also um, the kind of concentrate that we would give our goats as well. And so the hay, whilst we cut a little bit of our own hay, we'll also be buying hay and we'll also be buying a food ration. So, you know, they're kind of limiting factors. Our landscape's a limiting factor. And we'll stay at 15 goats until we can be pretty clear about how much land we can access in the future. How much cheese would you be able to make with 15 goats? And would that be a viable income for you? um it's the I guess well one thing is is it viable if you ask anybody any farmer in France or the the Champs agriculture in France if that was viable they would definitely say no and I guess our motivation isn't necessarily our motivation is not to lose money that's for sure but our motivation is not um to become rich goat farmers I'm not sure they exist but our motivation is to make great cheese and to, to also provide ourselves with um, a source of, of meat. And our motivation is, to, is more about the quality of life of ourselves and, and therefore our animals around us as well. So viable, not really. Um, it can be viable if we didn't have a debt. It can be, could be viable if I didn't have to build an expensive cheese room and it can provide maybe a small income for me. Um, 15 animals. I could probably also work on a part-time job as well with with just this small herd, but and, that's not. And you're you're just doing the the farm by yourself at the moment because Christoph's working as a cheesemaker elsewhere. So is that is that something that could continue until you get a big yeah. enough herd? Definitely. This farming project can only work if one of us is has a new source of income from from outside. You're listening to 3CR Radio. The other part of the project is that, you know, we want to be growing our own food, not to become self-sufficient, but we want to be growing our own food. The animals are also a great source of manure to grow our own food. So it's a little bit of that cycle of, 
not seeking to be self-sufficient, but seeking to be as um, to produce as much of our own food as possible of good quality food. We're too fussy, and it's um, also and that <laughs> that you've made a decision that this is the kind of life that you want. You want exactly a farming life. <laughs> a farming life. I mean, that's how that's my. You know, that I consider that my profession. There's mm. not um, goat farms around me where I can go and work. So mm. that to enable to to exercise my profession and the I, the outcome was to start our own farm and um but not a big farm it could you know yeah it's not my I'd love to have 30 goats actually I'd love to have the land and um the capacity to have 30 goats my stable is probably well I could house 30, 30 goats absolutely but the problem would be housing um enough hay for 30 goats the problem would be um also having the landscape for um the manure of 30 goats so these are all kind of limiting factors um but that's okay the the idea is to make a great production of cheese um to have a, a lovely lifestyle um to be exercising the work that we want to do I guess the other thing is, though, so the cheese, just going back to the cheese room, so the cheese room is actually the really expensive part of this that kind of throws the budget of this um, farming project that makes it not so viable is to have an expensive cheese room. So the other part of it is would, that it would be great if Christoph could also value add on this cheese room by making a production of cow's milk cheese, you know, so allowing him also to exercise his profession on mm. our farm. And so during the um, during the period before they cared that, you know, the, they were not producing milk for three months of the year and Christoph could potentially be using that period in our cheese room to make a, a small production of cow's milk cheese. And there's three farms in our bois, two are organic and a third one, which is a very old rustic farm with 13 cows that, you know, we could potentially buy milk. And so that would be another way to make mm. our our project a little bit more financially viable yeah so there's lots of like decisions and options and whatever to make it's still early days and but there's it's a, lot, it's, yeah it's yeah. very early days and it's there's really a project in development and you know you really the kind of the decision making around farming is really challenging and evolving and you know we've got so much information in France there's so much information great information um in technical information, uh, uh, you know, around agriculture or um, training for farmers. So there's lots of great information, which, you know, means your, your ideas are always evolving and, you know, it takes time to create your practice for your farm, for your animals, um, to, you know, to create a, a system of farming that, you know, works for your landscape and for your to your region so that's it's definitely a very evolving project and we're I'm very in early days and all of my decision making I've been doubtful and you know and however open to how that might evolve in the future. How are people responding like in terms of cheese in France like is there very much goat's cheese and I know there's a lot of cow's cheese and um Comte and you know in your region that Christoph's making that now but um how are people responding to the goat's cheese um very good so um yeah it's very um cow's milk dominated this area obviously it's we live in the appellation of Comte and so 
that's why also farming is hard in France. It's hard to access. Farming is hard in this region because um, the land is used primarily either for. We're also in a wine growing region, so the Appalachian Arbois or Appalachian Jura also means that accessing land is very hard. It, land is expensive here because of those um, two exist, you know, very established um, productions of wine and cheese, of wine and Conte. So, but anyway, my, the response to my cheese has been really positive. Hello, I am Gabriel Gatte. 3CR is like a souffle, a challenge to make, but it can just go higher and higher and higher. Support 3CR. So when we were living um, in our previous home, it was located behind a bar um, where I also worked. And actually what that it meant, it was a direct source of clientele for me because people knew I was making goat's cheese. And when, we're, when, I, when I'm not working at the bar, we were regularly at the bar. So always running into people and always, um, yeah, just having an immediate source of, um, just going and getting cheese for people um, at the source. And I have a, had a really positive um, response to my cheese. But in my cheese making, I'm not using any industrial starters. And I think that corresponds well with this community who are very natural wine focused. And so lots of my customers are natural winemakers. So they appreciate that aspect of, of the cheese, I think. Mm, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, we really need to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> Which is a shame, but um, we will be back on air again next week. We are going to interview Christoph as well about Comte and cheesemaking, um, as well as some other rather interesting folk. Um, so I can't wait. Thank you for talking about your life today, Carmen, and you'll be on the interviewing end next time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you're listening to 3CR. This is uh, Leanne and Carmen with Herds and Curds, and uh, tune in next Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for the next instalment. can listen back to Herds and Curds on the 3CR website or you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. You can also check us out on Instagram for updates and videos and photos of handsome goats and cows. Our outro music is by Bart Willoughby and Ross Hannaford, called Blue Nude from the Buckskin album. <laughs>